Hi, my name is Natal Partansky, founder and CEO of Sorting Robotics, and I'm proud to work in cannabis because we're building the foundation for the future of this industry. everybody, and welcome to the Proud to Work in Cannabis podcast. I'm your host, Carson Humiston, and today we have a very special guest. Today, I'm excited to welcome Natal Parkansky. He is the founder and CEO of Sorting Robotics, and it's going to be a really interesting conversation. So thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for letting me on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I, of course. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing okay. A little bit jet lagged. I think I I should be recovered in the next day or so. Good. Well, we're happy to jump into the conversation. What would be helpful for our listeners is we would love to learn a little bit about your background and what you were doing before you decided to start sorting robotics. Okay. So my background before starting sorting robotics was actually an aerospace engineer, and I worked at uh, NASA JPL, which is the research center in L.A., building instrumentation for the Mars rover. So one of my projects was called MOXIE, and it's currently on the surface of Mars, producing oxygen from the atmosphere of Mars. So that's what I did before starting this company. Wow. So for everybody listening, Natal has something he built on Mars right now. So it's safe to say he is a lot smarter than me and uh, probably a lot of people listening. (laughs) I wouldn't say that, but... I'd like to hope I think I'm smarter than the average bear. All right. Now, now talk to us about what came over you to decide you wanted to stop the very interesting work that you were doing and start a cannabis company. So it wasn't really a direct path from NASA into cannabis. Really, it was when I was working with my friends um, over at JPL, we kind of wanted to start our own thing, something that was a little bit less bureaucracy than the normal NASA day-to-day sort of process with projects. And so we started this company, but we initially started doing robotics for devices in the e-commerce industry, doing computer vision, inventory management for people that sold online. We did that for about 18 months. Noticed that it was going to be a pretty small company, and we had hopes to build a much larger robotics company. We got into a startup accelerator called Y Combinator, and once we got into that accelerator program, we noticed we had a much bigger network to kind of tap on to see where we want to build our next product. Spent a lot of time doing customer development, and eventually we found that cannabis really didn't have any automation suppliers that were reliable or that people trusted. And we figured that would be a great place for us to start because we like building things that don't exist. And in cannabis, a lot of the SOPs and processes on how to build things just don't exist. We all had a very positive disposition towards cannabis. And and honestly, we were trying to figure out ways as engineers to get into the cannabis industry. Because when I was at JPL, I had some friends that were in the medical industry and it's like, yo, what can I build? And they're like, I don't know, man. Everything seems like it's kind of already there, which couldn't be farther from the truth, but they were like bud tenders and stuff. So they, I guess they didn't really have a perspective on the manufacturing side of things. So we found cannabis and that's when uh, we spun out the first company and sold that off to a different group. Eventually that group got acquired by eBay and, and we kind of focused on cannabis and that's where we are today after 
a few months of R&D and building product for customers all across North America. Yeah, so talk to us about what what are the products? And so if someone was, you know, owned a manufacturing facility, what, what are your products and how do they help cannabis businesses? So our products are very much focused on solving today problems for cannabis manufacturers. Uh, one of those is the process of making infused pre-rolls. So no one really knows the best way to infuse a pre-roll. There's a few ways where they might spray the flower with concentrate or they might mix in THCA powder, but it doesn't mix very well. So we built a device that allows you to inject a live rosin or live resin down the center of a joint and create like a column of concentrate down the center of that joint. That allows a cannabis processor to decrease their labor of infusing joints fivefold, and they're able to make them at a much faster rate than they could normally do. So that's kind of one of our first products, and that's the one that we launched last year, kind of our flagship one. So rather than going and hiring people to put it in their extraction facility, they could use this product and not have to have as many employees. They wouldn't have to have as many as employees, but what they normally end up doing is they end up upskilling the current workforce. So that way, the employees that were there before, maybe just rolling joints, they're now getting paid a higher wage because they're doing something a bit more complicated. And then if they're able to reallocate those employees, they end up either going to like the packaging department because now they have more stuff to package than they did before. So it's a lot by upskilling and reconfiguring their workforce so that they're a much more efficient company and that the employees are just happier. That's great. And that's exciting for employees because it's a chance for employees to be upskilled and earn more income. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so what have been the biggest differences in transitioning from working at NASA to starting a cannabis startup? I would say the end user is a very different person <laughs> is, uh, is what I'd like to probably first put out. Yeah, that's probably the biggest difference. In NASA, you're dealing with like a lot of mathy type people. And in this industry, you're not dealing with a lot of mathy type people. They're more practical type people. That's been a big adjustment, but it's a nice change of pace. I, I'm just like laughing, thinking about the people that you are probably working with at NASA versus the people that you're working with in cannabis. Very, very, very different profiles. What, what, did, what was the biggest surprise to you in starting your business? What's something that you didn't expect that others that maybe are engineers that are transitioning in, whether they're going to start their own business or go work for a business? What, wasn't, what was something that was unexpected? Hmm. I would say maybe not in the beginning parts of my business, but after we had raised money and we were kind of like looking to like do R&D and continue to develop inside the space, there's a lot of people that just act as distractions along the way. And as an engineer, when I was working, like the people who you interface with are always the required people that you need to get the job done. Most of the time, because your audience is curated by your supervisors, like you're never business developing as an engineer, if that makes sense. And when you do business development, 80% of that time is effectively wasted because you're just basically going through deals and opportunities and seeing what makes sense for you. And so as an engineer, when I was trying to figure out, you know, what was the next path forward for the company, there was like a lot of distractions with people. And I just didn't expect to see that many distractions. I guess I didn't really know that there were distractions because in my mind, I never really had 
people that were distractions to me that I interfaced with. They were always somehow vital to get my job done. But then now I have to actively just like ignore people <laughs> because <laughs> uh, they're not act they're not important to get my job done. They're just maybe important to somebody else, but they're just not effective for me. Right. And so how big is your team at this point and what kind of positions are you all hiring for at, at Sorting Robotics? Yeah, so the team is about 12 people now. The main thing we're hiring for now is technicians that are remote across the nation and maybe some in Canada as well. We have a few machines that are deployed all over the country. And so having remote technicians that can service them. So usually people that are good for that are uh, people that worked in extraction labs before, maybe guys that have experience building extraction equipment, installing extraction equipment. Those guys are usually good candidates, like, like our two installation technicians we have now, they used to be extractors. And on the sales and go-to-market side, how, how do you find customers? How, how do you right, find people to use your product? How do you get in with customers? I know there's a lot of potentially entrepreneurs out there or people that are working in business development at companies. And a big thing that everyone talks about is I've created this great product. Now, how do I get it in the hands of customers? How has Sorting Robotics been able to acquire your first customers and, and really bang down the doors to get your product in with these companies? Yeah, a lot of it is strategic channels. So we partnered up with Custom Cones guys during our first year and even now. They've been a great channel. They know the people that are building pre-rolls and the people that are manufacturing infused pre-rolls. And so for them, it's a conversation of, hey, what are you guys doing? And usually, obviously, if they're there, they're making pre-rolls. And if they tell them they're making infused pre-rolls and they want a better solution than what they have now, they can direct them straight to us. So that's been a very good partnership. It's been beneficial for both sides, giving them a value add to all of their customers because they provide more solutions for them and allowing us to break into the market. And then after that, we have a pretty strong customer referral program and we have really good customer service. So it's not that difficult to have our customers suggest us to other ones, usually not in the same state because they don't want competitors with the same technology, but cross state, it, it works out pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It feels like our best customers have come from word of mouth and referrals, right? If someone uses you and they have a great experience and they make a referral in partnerships, I think that companies in the cannabis industry, they would much rather get a warm introduction than have a salesperson cold call them. I know just at Vanks, when we've taken the sales approach of, you know, 100 cold calls into dispensaries per day, it, it hasn't yielded nearly as many results as a law firm that we work with introducing us to their broader client base or an investor introducing us to their portfolio. So it's cool to hear that you're seeing success there as well. For people transitioning into the cannabis industry and, and maybe stick stick with a focus around engineers since that's your background, what advice would you have for them if they just landed a job and it was their first day? What kind of advice would you give them to be successful in this industry? For an engineer in this industry? Yeah. Hmm. I guess it would be an interesting question because I don't know many engineers in this industry uh, and the ones that I do know, they're either in like the automation side, so they're helping out like an MSO automate their production lines across different states, or they're like chemists and they work in an extraction lab. Um, okay, I guess for I guess for anyone entering the industry, what advice would you give? Huh, anyone entering the industry, oh, gosh, I guess I've worked. So I've also worked in a, a plant touching entity as well. Um, 
And I think we, we might have talked with you guys in Oakland. We set up this plant touching entity for like R&D and stuff. And so I, I know what it's like to be on the manufacturing side. So it would very much be different depending on who I'm talking to. So I don't know. Give me more like a specific role. Right, right, right. Someone, someone joining LeafLink, which is a B2B marketplace as a software engineer. Cool. I would say, assuming that you're going to be getting customer feedback and you'll be in that like customer product development cycle. Yeah. Assume that your customers are going to be needing a little bit more education on how the backend product works and assume they're not going to be the same level of understanding of how the backend is working compared to like a enterprise. Maybe they came from like Twitter or something like that. It's not going to be the same. I think that's good advice more broadly is just customer feedback and staying close with customers, right? This industry is constantly changing and there's a huge need. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was great to learn a little bit more about you and to learn a little bit more about your product. If people that are listening want to follow you or get in touch with you so that they can install your product, where can people find you? I think the best place to contact me is just on the website. So sortingrobotics.com. And we have a get in touch with us form like right at the bottom. And I see all the ones that come in through that. So let us know if you reached out via the podcast. That'll be great. And then, um, yeah, we can continue the conversation from there. And if you're an employee listening and you want to get skilled up, this could be a great opportunity to present this in front of your employer to bring in this product. You could learn how to use the product and ultimately you could get skilled up and learn earn more money. So whether you're a business owner or you're an employee, I really think it sounds like you need to get in touch. Yeah. No, we have a lot of people that get really interested when we drop off the machines and they're super stoked. Like, man, I can't wait to work on this. That's awesome to hear. Well, thank you again for tuning in and everybody and have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.